This is a production of 1217 Media. Hey y'all, hey, welcome back to my channel. It is Christian here and you're tuned in for more of My Two Cents, where we embark on a journey exploring the intricate tapestries of faith, spirituality, and the process of deconstruction through the lens of Christianity. Now you're joining me and I am so grateful because I'm looking forward to engaging in thought-provoking discussions, delving into the complexities of religious beliefs and navigating the paths that allow us to question and reconstruct because that's what we're here to do. We're growing, we're evolving, and we're doing that together. Whether you're seeking to deepen your understanding of faith or exploring the realms of deconstruction within the Christian context, this channel is a space for open dialogue, introspection, and the compassionate exploration of the intersections between belief, doubt, and discovery. So let's embark on this transformative journey together. And while we're doing that, let's not forget the three points that matter most before we start any dialogue. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, you're not crazy. Number three, God, your creator still loves you and I do too. So welcome to the channel. If you are a returning to center, then hey, family, hey, I'm excited to have you here with me today. We're going to have an amazing conversation, one that I know of from experience, okay? And another one that most of you probably have heard of, maybe this will be your first time even discussing and talking about this concept, but it is one that is real. And I don't know if it happens in every church culture, in every um, religious background and belief system, but it definitely happens in holiness in the black church. So let's talk about watch night service. Yeah. <laughs> so watch night service. Um, there is background there, right? Um, and some might think that they can tell what it means and what it's about just from the name, the title, but you really don't really know what to expect from it until you're in the faith, until this is actually your life and this is actually a practice and a ritual, a ritualistic experience to me now that I have deconstructed that I can't lie. I am, I am confusion on how we got here and why it's still being implemented in the way that it is. But we're going to get into that part because the way that I am breaking down all deconstruction videos henceforth, okay, serve and duly noted from henceforth, <laughs> this is how every uh, deconstruction video will be broken down here on the My Two Cents platform. We are going to follow the pattern, the blueprint, the format of breaking down the history of a thing, the history of the topic of discussion. Next, I am going to give my personal experience with that topic, you know, and give my background personally there. And then lastly, I will close every video with where I stand to date now that I've deconstructed from the belief system and, you know, removed certain, you know, thought processes and certain practices. And I have reconstructed a new mindset on things. So that's how we're going to do it. I'll give history. I will give my experience. And then I'll tell you where I am now present day. This is not a way for me to force my beliefs, my thoughts, and my practices on you. That's exactly why I deconstructed because someone did that to me. <laughs> and, um, 
I just want to share. I want to share history, give more of a firm, solid foundation on things because a lot of things were not explained to me. And I know a lot of things have not been explained to you. And it's always helpful to know what the origin is of anything before you determine whether or not it serves you and you want to practice it and take it on as your beliefs, okay? So that's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to move. And hopefully that excites you, that builds some expectation. And we can do this together, right? Because that's what this is all about. Growing together, changing our perspective and our understanding, getting a better one and positioning positioning ourselves to, you know, do it from an enlightened space moving forward instead of a forced indoctrined one, all right? So, I was doing my research on watch night services and I was shocked. I was shocked. Your girl was shooketh when I discovered that watch night service initially had no connection with church directly. Like it's not a church based practice. It's not a church based event. The foundation is not in church or Christianity period. It's from, oh, get this, get this, slavery. Okay. The background of watch night service is rooted in American history. Okay. Black American history, African American history, and it ties in to slavery. Let's get into it. So upon looking this up, I am actually referring to AAREG, African-American Registry. This is where I will be reading from, but I sourced several, several reliable, um, concrete sources for this information because I was like, wait a minute, surely somebody's going to mention Christianity. They're going to mention, you know, uh, spiritual religious culture or some kind of background where this started, but that's not true. Okay. So the first watch night service can be traced back to gatherings known as Freedom's Eve. Freedom's Eve. Okay. On that night, black slaves and free blacks came together in churches and private homes all across the nation awaiting news that the Emancipation Proclamation had become law. Do I need to reread that? Let me reread this. Okay. The first watch night service can be traced back to gatherings known as Freedom's Eve. On the night, black slaves and free blacks came together in churches and private homes all across the nation, awaiting news that the Emancipation Proclamation had become law. Now, at this time, Lincoln had used the occasion of the Union victory to issue a preliminary proclamation which freed all slaves in the rebellious states after January 1st, 1863. So in 18, in 1862, which was the first watch night service, it was celebrated in black communities in America. This was not this was not something that everybody was doing that was Christian or who were believers. This was specifically (laughs) an inaugural one-time situation for Blacks, free and not slaves, to await the news of emancipation. They were waiting the news of emancipation at church because that's common area, common space where they gathered and they worshiped together. And I just think, I think that it is 
It is so indicative of the history of Christianity, you know, to hijack stuff and give it a different meaning from spiritual and biblical context, which we'll get into that next. So right now we're going over the history of watch night service and what it meant, period, when it first started. And I have never been told this, and I am 35 years wise. Put that on a shirt. I am 35 years wise. I ain't never heard that. I just created that right here on the My Two Cents platform, okay? So give the girl her credit as it comes. Um, (laughs) I am 35 years wise, and I have never been told the history of watch night service. And I mean, on any basis, on any level, with any kind of background. So it's not like I've had to deconstruct what I thought about watch night service. It's just that nobody never told me anything. Nobody never, double negative. Nobody ever told me anything about what watch night service was connected to, let alone that it had a background as it relates to slaves gathering to find out if they were going to be free for real in 1862. Let me continue reading. This celebration takes many American descendants of slaves into a new year with praise and worship. (laughs) My God, my God. The service usually begins anywhere from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. It ends at midnight with the entrance of the new year. Some people attend church before going out to celebrate. For others, the church is the only New Year's Eve event. There have been instances where clergy in mainline denominations questioned the proprietary, yeah, the uh, the proprietary of linking religious services with the secular holiday like New Year's Eve. However, there is a reason for the importance of New Year's Eve services in the Black experience in America. Hence, what I read former about why they gathered on the very first watch night ever, known as Freedom's Eve. Now, since present day, it has been correlated and linked to other mainstream religious services that has nothing to do with the African-American experience in America, which is what it initially started as, an African-American experience in America, which continues to be stole. (laughs) People do not mind taking stuff. And I don't want to get into it, but I just want to make it very clear that as we can see, being hijacked and having history essentially washed, washed out, completely deleted, backspace, backspace, you know, copied and pasted somewhere else and then given a different background and a different story and history. To me, that is disgusting. This is the history I will choose to teach teach and tell my children when that time comes. If they ever ask me, ask me what a watch night service is, or this will be the only information they will have on a watch night service. It was Freedom's Eve, right? For slaves and free blacks. Because see, it is importante. It is importante that we realize that the more the true history is not shared and a new history is created, That is the narrative that is going to be perpetuated through future generations. And that's going to be the only truth that is shared for all generations to come. And this kind of truth gets hidden and pushed to the side as if, though, 
yeah, you know, this is where it started. It started from the Bible days. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. And even the practice of it, for me, this saddens me because I wish this would have been the history I would have found out about that I would have learned when I was at church. Dang, I wish y'all would have said something. I wish y'all would have told us something instead of just saying y'all don't need to be out at the club. Y'all need to bring in the new year with the Lord. It was always some some catchy phrase or reason why we needed to be at church on New Year's Eve instead of at home. God's been too good for you. You shouldn't be at home. You shouldn't be asleep when midnight hit. You should be praising God. You should be worshiping God for bringing you through another year. What? I would have loved the foundation to be. This is what our ancestors did. They brought in the year praising and worshiping or waiting to hear of their complete freedom with their community, with their family, with their friends, with their loved ones. That would be so more powerful to me. That would be such a more sustainable truth and reality to rest in and to understand why we practice what we do. But no, that's not the history y'all want to give. Y'all want to rewrite history. And let's get to the Bible, okay? So there's a biblical basis. We're still in the history point, right? Next up, I got my experience I want to share. The biblical basis for watch night service is one that we now see, you know, by and large, where y'all pastors, y'all churches, y'all families, y'all friends, your, you know, your experience may have been this one right here based off of this, this right here. Is probably what you know watch night service to be attached to, not what I just read, okay? So the theological significance, the biblical basis for watch night service can be found in Matthew, okay? The book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, all right? 26, verse 38 through 42, while in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus repeatedly admonished his disciples to watch and pray while he went nearby to lament to God. Now, you might be like, honey, what is lament? Let me tell you, because you know, if there's one thing I'm going to do is give you a definition, boo. All right. So to lament means a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. All right. So Jesus allegedly was, you know, going back in the garden to Express his grief, express his sorrow, asking God to pass the cup from him, baby. Like, mm -mm, pick somebody else, get somebody else to do this. I do not want to be the sacrifice. No, I tap out, tap somebody else in, Lord. That's what God, you know, that's what Jesus was going to do. You know, he was, he wasn't happy about it. And I don't think that's something else that people really be, you know, focused on. Jesus did not want to be the sacrifice for y'all, but I digress. So, each time Jesus said to, to his disciples, watch and pray, he would come back and them jokers would be asleep. They was like, mm -mm. <laughs> that's your cross to bear. JC, you got to do that. You know, we got your back. We your boys. But we don't know why we out here. I don't know if at the time they knew what Jesus's, you know, um, demise was going to be. But I know that he wanted his bros to pray on his behalf, according to the, to the scripture. And they were asleep every time. They had fallen asleep every time. And um, that's the purpose of watch night, you know, watching and praying, watching the new year come in, 
praying the new year in, worshiping the new year year in, not being sleep, not um losing, not losing ground, if you will, but focusing on the the face of God and being in his presence and in the midst of, I guess, other believers to bring in the new year together. Um my thing with that is <laughs> you know I'll say this if I'm just going through and logically thinking of what the scripture meant contextually in Jesus's instance with the disciples you have these people who have been walking with you and have seen the work that you've done and ooh this is going to be good cuz I see how this is unfolding while I'm talking come through so you had Jesus and this is just taking the message, right? And applying it to real life based off of what we, you know, what, what parts of the story we have. So if we're going off of the, the scripture and we're going off of what the story is. You have Jesus who knew what he had to do. It had already been shown to him what was to come and what he was about to experience. And he didn't want that. It wasn't something that he signed up for. It wasn't something that he felt, you know, maybe equipped. I don't know. I'm not trying to go all into the emotion. But what we do, what we have been told is that he went to pray and to lament to God. He went to grieve. He wasn't happy about it. He was sorrowful about it. And he requested that it not be required of him, that this be passed to someone else or away from him. And to see that his friends, his followers, his, you know, community, his disciples were falling asleep. They weren't up praying with him. They weren't praying for him. They weren't even able to stay awake to be a part of whatever he needed them to do. It's almost like the takeaway for me in that story is. You're, there's a vision for you. There's a plan for you. There's a path for you. It may be difficult. It may not be the easiest, but it is meant for you to get through in order for you to understand what you had to go through and further, you know, be deepened in your purpose, solidified in the plan for your life. You can't try to pull everybody else in on that because they're going to be sleep on you. There are people right now around you who have seen your walk, they've seen your story, they know your journey, they're aware of what you've gone through, they know what you've had to face, but none of them were willing to A, take your place, or B, have your back while you were going through it. They fell off. They backed up. They never stepped forward to say, what do you need me to do? How can I assist you? How can I ease your burden? How can I lift some weight off your shoulders? That's not what they did. Because if they had done that and saved you from what you had to go through, you wouldn't truly know. You wouldn't truly have the experience. You really wouldn't have the knowledge and understanding of what it takes. Right? To be great. Sometimes being saved from stuff doesn't really help you to understand why you should value the situation or the plan. Some people who haven't been through anything, they don't really have a good measurement. (laughs) They don't have a good measurement of what it takes and what it took to get to the place you may be in or the things you may experience. And no, it's not a cross, literally, but per se, 
We go through this on a regular basis. Some of us every day being around people who may know us, it may have been around us, but they don't truly get us. And it's okay because it's vice versa. You're that person in somebody else's story. And we have to be okay with that. We got to be. What Jesus allegedly expected from his disciples, they were not able to give because it was not their, it was not their plan. It was not the purpose for their life. And it was not for it to unfold that way with them backing him. He had to have enough for himself. He had to do it on his own. So they were not able to stay awake and hold him down. They weren't going to do that. Mm-mm. That's not how they worked. And so knowing that, or even, you know, being able to pull that out of that story and, you know, that situation, it's like, okay, so we're watch night. You want all of us to gather here together, be praising and worshiping and running around church together. But are we not supposed to individually, should y'all not be at home in y'all secret place? Should y'all not be at home in y'all own garden of Gethsemane? Should y'all not be home on y'all own faces in your own, you know, environment calling out or, you know, setting yourself right in right alignment with God's plan or will for you for the, for the next season of life? be it a new year or new month, baby, whatever. Should you not be with yourself in your space with your creator, getting in touch with what is for you instead of trying to gather up with other people and scream and holler and blow horns and march around like y'all are trying to break down the wall of Jericho. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. I'm just saying the correlation is it's, it's crazy because people in church and Christianity and organized religion does not mind. They don't mind hijacking other other events, other rituals, other experiences to make it their own, to commercialize it, to monetize it. But they never really look at it like, dang, OK, Jesus was doing that by himself. Jesus was watching and praying by himself. The watch part was essentially him watching his friend sleep on him. Right. They was woke, though, when it came time for him to bear that cross. They was real woke. They saw that, but they missed the point when he was actually trying to get through the pressure and the possible fear, maybe the, the, the confusion and the misunderstanding of why me. They weren't there for that part. They were just there for the aftermath when it was happening. So why then do y'all think that at church we should be grouped up together? Everybody shouldn't be there in your garden. But whatever, that's just a night again for pastors and for, for, for leaders to control your day, control your new year and for y'all to come into it together. And I don't think people be understanding that every ritualistic experience, all of this stuff is just you all continuing to be in covenant with each other from the beginning of the year until the end, they continue to hold control over you at every intricate point of your life. Every time that you should separate yourself in order to get clarity and vision for your life, they find a way to integrate themselves into your life and into those momentous occasions. Like, no, 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 let's do this together. Let's come together and do this. No, no. We got to have watch night service together. We got to shut in and pray together. We got to do a corporate fast. Why do we have to do all this stuff together? Because there is power in numbers. 
And when you have mass consciousness and awareness on one thing together, you have way more ability to actually call a thing into the atmosphere. And they know that. So the less time you take for you, the less power of yourself you use for yourself, the more they can tap into that for their own benefit. And that's where you should be concerned and you should be trying to unplug, undo and wrap it up and go home. Just that's just me. So that's the history in the background of what the true, you know, history of Watch Night or Freedom's Eve is. And then what has been commercialized and mainlined in different religious organizations that we know of now based off of the scripture in Matthew. Now, let me tell you my experience, my experience in the Pentecostal Holiness Church with which with watch night service is one again of no understanding. Nobody explained to me what it was as majority of us never had explanations for why we did anything. It was just, we're doing this. We're going to church tonight. And it became tradition. It became the expected. It was not anything we could refute. It was not anything we had a choice to sit out on. That's what we did. We got dressed we got ready. We knew we were not going to sleep and we were going to be there from, I don't think we went at seven. I think church started probably like at nine or nine 30. I don't really recall. It's been so long ago since I've been to a watch night service um, as a child, but we would go, it would be nighttime and we would be there all night. It wasn't no snacks. It wasn't no hors d'oeuvres, honey. Wasn't nobody giving us no cracker. Wasn't nobody giving us no chicken wing. It wasn't no slice of pizza. It wasn't no area for the kids. We were literally just in the sanctuary together. Our pastor would have some words. He would release the word for the new year, right? Um, which I'm sure a lot of you all are familiar with that, especially in the black church, honey. Your pastor gonna have a catchy phrase and quote every year. God's gonna blow your mind in 2009. Anchor yourself in God's grace in 2008. God's favor covers me in 2023. Up oh, and get ready. Get ready for the new one for this year. 2024 is your year of mo. <laughs> say what put all of them on the shirt if you want to because <laughs> I just give to you what is given to me okay baby that's what these pastors are good for they're good for getting a message together to encourage you to move through to the new year and so you come to service in order to hear the new word released over that house over that church over that ministry over that congregation for the new year and that's the word that you are meant to align with and to stick with for the whole year that word released and spoken over you which again i think is bananas that you would go somewhere and let someone release something over your life for an entire year uh, an entire year 12 months you're supposed to deal operate um and accept this as your truth but what if that's not the word for you? What if there's something else? What if there's something deeper? What if there's something different? What if there's something specific that is for you, for your understanding and your knowledge, but you haven't tapped in for that? It's like people literally pulling up to the to the um to a drive-through speaker and letting the person who works there order for them. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? And you just sit there and you're like, Yes, please. 
And they're like, okay, so we got you a quarter pounder. We got you a Big Mac meal. We got you two chicken nuggets instead of a six piece. We got you a cup of water and we got you an ice cream sundae. No apple pies, but we are going to give you a cookie. That's what you should. That's what you're having. And you just be like, okay, thank you. You, you get your total at the, at the uh, second window when you pull around. Like that's literally what this is. Sometimes words given by pastors are words that may be just for them. It may be a word that wasn't given from God, period. I'm going to lean more on that side, but whatever. How is it that these men or women of God are able to get mass messages for everybody? Even as a teacher, you, everybody in your classroom cannot get this. They may have the same lesson plan, but they're not going to have the same instruction sometimes, or, or they may require greater clarity more intense help and assistance with getting to the end goal. There may be a different plan mapped out for certain students. Right? Based off of comprehension, attention span, there are different needs for everyone in the room. And to think that one person holds the word for everybody who's present, get out of here. I I cannot be bothered with the V. I cannot be bothered with y'all. I can't. So my experience was going to church as a child, knowing that we were going to be there all night. Midnight is, you know, when the ball drops in New York. But at church, it's when you have your jubilee cry. You just hollering out, okay? You marching around, you blowing, you know, your little, they used to buy little party favors or whatever and hand them out to everybody, the hats, that that part now that I've deconstructed is what's weird to me that we still implement implemented worldly things into the church setting to celebrate 12 midnight. But then we would stay in church an hour after that. So we would technically get home sometimes at 1.30, sometimes two o'clock um, from New Year's Eve celebration. And it was just sitting there. We were not worshiping all night. There was praise and worship. Um, there was testimony service. And then there was a message. And our pastor would preach probably like right up until midnight, right up until midnight. And then he would actually, we would do the countdown. I remember one year he preached, he was preaching and he was so deep into it. He was saying midnight hit, midnight struck y'all. We had to do the countdown like 10 or 15 minutes after midnight. Because he was just going off in his message. And I don't mean like in a bad way, but he was just so deep into it that he was caught up. He didn't even notice the time, didn't even care. But that's my point. You literally have experiences that don't really have a foundation of what the what you should be doing. You just know you're there doing what you usually do. You're going listening to someone else. You're not centering yourself. You're not focusing. You're not really in tune and aligned with what you need to be hearing and feeling for your next, for your season, for what's to come for your family and your life. And that just doesn't settle well in my spirit. So that was my experience, like literally watching adults jump around and holler at midnight you know, worship and clap and them telling, you know, you know, people on the microphone be telling you, think about what God has done for you. Think how far God brought you. You could have died. You could, da, 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 this could have happened. And da, 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 God told death to behave. I never have understood what that phrase means. Um, and it's all of this that evokes emotion. 
It brings out emotion from people, but is there ever really any change in people? Because shortly after that happens, you come back another week after that and people are in the same situation. They have the same mindset. They're waiting for another word. They're waiting for another message. They're waiting for more instruction. They have to sow another seed in order to get out of another situation. And that stuff is a cycle and it should Make you feel as, as if though, just like people tell folks in the world, oh, stop making your resolutions and you ain't going to follow through with them after the first 30 days or 60 days. It's the same thing with the church. Y'all are hyped for that night and y'all don't even get to day 30, baby. Y'all be swiftly moved on from whatever thus said the Lord was on the first at midnight to by the fifth, you are literally losing it again. You don't even have it. You never had it. So it, it can't be lost because you didn't get anything. You didn't gain any insight for yourself. You don't really have wisdom and a plan to execute for you. And that's the thing that to me, I feel is not fair. But again, what do you expect when you leave your life up to someone else? When you dim your light in order for someone else to seem brighter than you and to be the one to literally, you know, give you instructions for the year. I'm not letting, you're not doing that to me. So as youth, we weren't really counted in on watch night. We just had to be present. Nobody talked to the youth. There was no youth group. There was no conversation of what we wanted or what our, you know, hopes were for the new year. Nobody talked to us about anything. We were just bodies. We were just present because our parents were there and nobody asked us if we wanted to be there and what we felt about what we were experiencing and what we were actually supposed to set our intentions on for the next day, let alone the next 12 months. And this is how and why people end up deconstructing and doing away with old beliefs and replacing them with new beliefs based off of new information they receive because what y'all gave them literally was nothing. I'm not going to say not enough. You gave us nothing. You just forced us to believe whatever you were believing and you forced us to practice whatever you were practicing. And now that we're grown and we say we don't want that no more, you're upset. <laughs> I don't get that. I can't use... You know, I'm not going to even give no, no analogies anymore. It doesn't work anymore. It's not serving us anymore. You did a poor job of explaining and expressing what we were supposed to do then. And now that we understand based, of our, based off of our own experience in research, we're choosing this ain't it. And y'all mad about it. So enjoy that. So present day, present day, where do I stand post deconstruction on watch night? I will not attend. I do not attend. Um, I do not feel bad. I do not feel any pressure about not being at church and bringing in the new year, worshiping God. Um, it's really not that big of an event for me because I begin to align myself and be at peace way sooner than December 31st. I start seeking guidance and wisdom way before December 31st. Um, I enjoy being at home with our children and with our family. I've never been, to, I've never gone to a New Year's Eve party or an event. Um, I don't know what it is to not be at home since I've deconstructed. I don't know what it is to not be at, in ho at home because that's where I want to be. That's just me. I'm not a night person. I'm not an outgoing person like that to do nightlife or just want to be around a whole lot of people, you know, whatever. But I love that for whoever wants to do that. I'm not knocking it. Um, that's just not for me. 
And I'm okay with that. I don't need that um, in order to feel connected or feel alive or feel as if though I'm on the right path to bringing in the new year the right way. That just, it just settles me. I'm okay with that. Um, and I'm also of the mindset post deconstruction of understanding that when you can align yourself, when you can connect yourself the way that you should be um, doing the things that make you happy and that brings you clarity, that's what you should focus on. That's what you should focus on, not who's not present, not what anyone had on, not wearing. Um, uh, I know there's one church that's doing like a, a ball, like you come dressed in your best black and gold, you know, wear formal dresses, bring in the new year in luxury, like a king and a queen. It's like, stop it. All of this stuff just to bring, make people feel like they're connected, make people feel like, oh, this is a big deal. And this is just for us. This is going to be, you know, how God sees us in the new year. Stop it. You go home, you focus, you spend the new year, the way new year's Eve, the way that you feel like you're led to do it. it some of us may be asleep by midnight. Oh no, maybe 10 PM be looking real late to me. And I'm okay with that. Because I have to walk with me every day. I have to live with me every day. The focus and the plan should be on what me and my husband feel for our family will best serve our future. And I get it that you want to be in an, in an environment that, you know, you feel is charged and powerful and there's a move there. But you do understand that when you go through things through the day and the week and the months, you're not able to just pull all of y'all together from church to get over it together. You're by yourself. You're dealing with it alone. You need the power and the strength to make it through for you. You can't call on all them folks from watch night. And that's the thing. There's no personal accountability. There's no individual plan to make it through. And that's why people normally fail or they feel like failures at life or at their own, um, their own, how do I say this? Their own evolution as an individual, they feel like a failure at that. Like why this isn't changing for me? When is this going to get better? You know, why is this still the same? Well, you've never isolated yourself from a group of other people who have different intentions and desires than you do. Y'all are all trying to piece together a puzzle and y'all have y'all own puzzle. Y'all have y'all own image to put together. And that's not what you're working on. You're working on one, you're working on one man's vision, usually your pastors. <laughs> you don't have a plan for yourself and your puzzle is sitting over there and you're the piece missing from that puzzle because you're in somebody else's pile. That'll preach. Your puzzle is put together and missing you. But you're a piece of another man's puzzle. That person's puzzle literally includes your piece, but your puzzle is missing you. So, of course, it's going to feel chaotic. Of course, it's going to feel bad. Of course, you're going to feel disconnected and disjointed and as if, though, you know, you need more instruction and you need more clarity because you're in the wrong place. Everything over here 
has come together. Everything over here is waiting for you. You're just not present. So I'm not giving my December 31st to anyone at church. I don't feel bad. I don't feel disconnected. I don't feel out of the wheel. I feel at home. I feel in place. And I am grateful that I continue to experience and be covered by the grace and the peace and the love and the joy and the happiness and the clarity that is what I've been seeking way before December 31st. I'm no longer going to be held to a standard or a practice or a ritual that garners me no results because I am in a room with people who are not actually focused in and in tune. They're just screaming and singing, jumping around and blowing into horns because that's the fun thing to do because they didn't want you out in Times Square with your boo. Bars. <laughs> they didn't want you out there having a good time. And it's crazy because... Everything at church was always put into this box of you can have fun for the Lord. You can have fun in church. You don't have to be out in the streets. It's not safe out there. Being in church is safe. It's safety in his arms. It's safety in the body of Christ. Y'all be trying to make fetch happen and it don't be given that. It's not fun being at church, y'all. Stop. You may think it is, but to be honest, Y'all really don't be liking the people. Y'all really don't be knowing the people half the time. Y'all just be there with the people y'all came with, but y'all don't have any relationship and you don't really build on anything that would make you feel like, oh, I can't wait to do this again. And this was so great. And this was so exciting. And I'm going to invite more people next year. That's not how y'all be feeling. You just be doing it because you don't know anything else to do. And you've been guilted into doing that. But it's always trying to make the church seem as hip and as cool and as, you know, happening as the world. It's not the same. You cannot compare it. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not expected to sit down all night at church. They want you to get up and move and be involved and get up and testify and tell all the goodness of the Lord. This year, what did God do for you? What miracle? Share it because they want you to encourage other people. They want other people to feel like. This could be their portion too if they get in church as much as you did this year, but that's not really how this goes. That's not really how this plays out. There are a lot of other pieces missing from those stories, but they just want you to get the best one, like testimonials in business. Don't post the one-star reviews, only the four and fives. <laughs> other than that, keep them to yourself. It's like that at church. But if you're at a party, if you're in an event, you're just in the room with other people who are celebrating life and they're excited to bring in the new year with their loved one. And you don't get that at church. You just get the task. You don't really get the treasure. You don't really get the, the pleasure. You get the pressure. And that's, you know, that's how I feel. And that's why I decided to separate myself because the bondage and the control element plays into the the experience for watch night when it was meant to be freedom freedom's eve that is the root now we know so hey if y'all want to talk about this with y'all family and friends enlighten them of what watch night service originated as and what it was meant for and who it actually was celebrated by before the church hijacked it all right, there you go. <laughs> if you have enjoyed this video, please like it, comment, let me know. Did you know about Freedom's Eve? Had you ever heard about that coming together at church for slaves and free black people? 
free African-Americans at the time to find out about the Emancipation Proclamation. Is this your first time hearing about it? And what are your thoughts about Watch Night Service in general? If uh, you've enjoyed the video, which I'm sure you have, hopefully you have, you will like the video, subscribe to the channel. I would love to add you to my two cents crew. Until next time, y'all take care. I'll catch y'all in the next video. Bye. This is a production of 1217 Media.